Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It's time to bring the orange with one of my favorite guests, Flash Array Product Marketing Manager, James Gallegos. Welcome back, my friend. And this is the second in a series of three that we're doing around the Agile Data Services. Glad to have you. That's right, Rob. Thanks so much for having me again. This is awesome. Yeah, no, really fun to kind of crank these out and go into depth in these areas. So folks, if you did not hear the first one in the series we did, you want to check that out around purity. And uh, James and I talk all about, um, you know, the new highlights, the new features of purity. And we thought we'd also want to do a couple episodes where we go into some of the other details about what you get with, uh, with purity. Take us back, James. What were the highlights of what they missed? So we're, um, we're introducing some awesome features yeah. uh, as, uh, you know, as, as usual as part of, as part of Evergreen. Um, so these are features that, you know, uh, don't require customers to, to buy a new product, to rebuy all their capacity um, and, uh, and be able to, to have them as they are. And, and that's kind of, uh, that's helpful for, for new customers that are, are considering Pure um, to partner with for, you know, to, to house their, uh, their precious data. Um, you know, to, to see, you know, what we do for our existing customers and, and why our customer satisfaction is, is where it is and, and, you know, just where our focus is on that side. Yeah. And this is really where all the, you know, you hear cause speak, right? Our founder, and he talks about, you know, when he looked at, you know, we looked at how to design what an, an array for the next generation would look like. And he really focused on simplicity and he focused on intuitiveness but also addressing some of the other challenges that, that plague folks with operational complexity and um, you know, ensuring better uptime and making sure things are encrypted without having to worry about you know, twisting knobs or pushing buttons, right? I mean, that's it's really when you get to what Purity does, it's, it's kind of that vision that he had around making something really intuitive and simple, but ensuring that the, the things that people wanted to use storage for were always on and always there. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And then, and that's why we're, you know, we, we're so, we're so focused in on, you know, with every decision we make with, um, you know, what does this mean to the customer and, and even more specifically, what does it mean for, to the customer's data? And, and so that's, that's kind of what we're here to talk about today and in, in how we're, um, you know, we're, we're looking at the way that we're going to market and, um, and the way that you, um, customers can look at what they can achieve with partnering with Pure. Um, by looking at the data services that we provide. Um, so we're going to go through, um, you know, we've kind of categorized those in, into five different categories and, and that's what we'll go into today. Yeah, we'll roll through those categories and then maybe we can tackle, you know, we'll break this up into, into kind of a two-parter, right? Let's, let's tackle a couple of them today and then we'll take on the others. But what are those at the outset? Like how have you looked at categorizing, right? Because you have a bunch of outcomes, right? You have different outcomes that we're trying to drive for our users and then associated technologies that roll up. But what are those five? So, you know, in, and in general, uh, just to kind of like set the stage, yeah. you know, if you're, you know, we're, we believe that it's our responsibility to make every bit of an organization's data available to them in the most insightful way possible so that they can take some kind of informed action with that data. Um, and then, that, and that's actually what we're, you know, referring to is as agile data services. And as part of that, there's five primary categories that we, we want to make sure that we are delivering very clear and concise outcomes for. And that's um, store. This is how, you know, we help you securely and efficiently store your data. Um, safeguard, manage, access, and mobilize. Um, so that, that means that, you know, we're going to be able to protect your data 
you know, manage your data, you know, make your data available wherever you need it to be and, um, and make the data so it's, uh, it's very mobile in nature. Yeah, easy to move around, right? And that's, that's and right. particularly in this sort of, you know, hybrid cloud era that we're in now, I would say we're moving into it, but hey, we're there. Um, you know, it's, it's really important to be able to have the flexibility to mobilize to, you know, kind of shift it around how and where it's needed, depending on the use case or, you know, what, what's going on operationally. All right, That's well, right. let's take on the first two and certainly really important, right? How you store and how you safeguard. And when I hear those words, kind of the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, is you know, is security, right? Is always on yeah. encryption. And I know in the past, security perhaps had been a trade-off, but, you know, now it's, it's certainly not a trade-off, right? It's something that you just, you gotta have, right? If it's table stakes. But um, how do we view security and kind of always on encryption from, from, a, from a data management standpoint? Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And, we, and when we're talking about the the larger categories, like being store, yeah. I, I know that probably sounds super boring to all my marketing friends <laughs> listening in. Um, but you know what? Like, what are we here to provide? We're here to provide a place for you to store your data. So what more important of a category to start with, yeah. right? And and storing your data isn't isn't just, okay, here here's a pool, throw it there. This is, you know, breaking it down. And, and you covered one of the first and probably most important points is how do we, how do we keep that data secure? You know, how do you uh, gain that confidence of knowing your data is being stored in a way that ensures data security and availability? Um, and so always on encryption is, is something we've, you know, we've always done historically. Um, you know, data, data landing on a flash array is going to be encrypted um, not only at rest, but also in NVRAM. You know, we take care of key management, we take care of secret management, we take care of, of everything so, so customers can kind of rest assured that that process is going on. And not only that, but now we offer uh, integrations with, with key management. So third-party key management, if that's, if that's a requirement, or even if you're using a, uh, a, an encryption product that's encrypting at the application layer, like Vermetric, um, we have integrations with that too. So now you can be in, um, encrypting at the application side, and be able to still data reduce that that data, which is kind of crazy because you know traditionally if you have data that's encrypted, it's a big unique block and it can't be deduped or compressed. But with the integrations that we've built with Formetric, we can actually de um, dedupe and compress that data. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we're doing a lot with the encryption side, making sure that you know customers can rest assured that 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 data is is uh, you know very 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 secure and, and meeting all the um, you know the certifications and requirements that they expect. Yeah, really great partnership on on the Vormetric side with Talus, right? Where where we can, you know, do the dedupe or do the data reduction, and also you know have the have the uh, the data encrypted at the end, which kind of leads to you know one of the next ones that that we should discuss relative to store, which is um, which is kind of the always on data reduction. Again, not a choice; it's something mm -hmm. that we provide, but we do a variety of things that effectively provide for lack of a better term, let's say workload optimization, but also there's a really high degree of, of efficiency that goes into that as well as kind of an outcome around the ability to, to really save on capacity. If you're able to, you know, do superior data reduction, then you don't need as much capacity. You don't need to buy as much. It's, it's a really nice upside. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the, the very funny part about, um, you know, data reduction is, it seems like, especially if I were to put myself in a, in a customer seat um, or somebody looking at partnering with, a, with a, a manufacturer of storage, everybody does deduplication now, 
right? Everybody does compression now. Okay, so yeah. th is that really a differentiator? And we're, we're keeping it on this list because we feel like we still offer, you know, tremendously better data reduction than anybody else in the market. And the outcomes of that, and, and you touched on one of the biggest, biggest outcomes, and that's your workload and infrastructure optimization. You know, you can do a lot more with less. You can have a smaller footprint. Um, you know, you, you can uh, be a lot more predictable with your, with your data growth. And, um, you know, the technologies that lead to that are really um, what's, what's what we've been using for a long time that has, by the way, been improving over time. Right. You know, just with simple purity upgrades, customers have been able to see upwards 15, 25% better data reduction um, just with purity upgrades. So as we improve this technology that's, again, already industry leading, you know, customers can, can still continue to expect improvements and innovation on that side. Yeah. And there's a number of different technologies that we've touted over time. I think the, the main message is, you know, we, we provide all those things. Uh, they're always on. And uh, as you just mentioned, they, they get better over time. But, you know, we talk to folks that are doing virtualization or we talk to, you know, people that are running databases and they see, in many cases, they see data reduction that's, that's even greater than what we, what we broadcast or forecast to them, right? Which makes yeah, them most, pleasantly. In most cases. Yeah, in most cases. I mean, we're we're yeah. perhaps a little bit too conservative there, but it's better. You know, our, our legal people like us to be that way, of course. <laughs> um, but it's really exciting when we get one of those and the people go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm running Oracle and I saw, you know, X to one data reduction when I was only expecting this number. That's just so fantastic. And, and we've got budget freed up. And, you know, that's just one of those really great, you know, you know, workload optimization and efficiency outcomes that we want to, that we want to promote. Yeah. And that's, that's one, that's one of the cases where, you know, it's, it's better to uh, over deliver uh, yeah. than under, than under promise. Right. It's, oh, um, totally. and it's something that we're, we're kind of known for, you know, we will put together these right size guarantees, which um, you know, it's, it's important that we kind of call out every time we do it. This is, you know, what, what we're guaranteeing is a per customer, very specific. Um, and it's only taking into account deduplication and compression. Um, that might seem trivial for me to even say that, but still the vast majority of storage manufacturers are including non-data reducing technologies such as, you know, thin provisioning or, or, or stuff like that, that in no way actually reduces your data. It's, it just makes it appear as though you're using more. And so, um, you know, we, we want to make sure we're being very, you know, very, very honest. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, continuing to, to really tout that, you know, we're, we're, we're using a variable block deduplication, which is in line. Um, and then we all, and uh, along with compression, um, and we we do a deep compression and deep data reduction pass, where we're leveraging additional compression algorithms that ha are built upon you know the array-based machine learning that kind of determines which compression algorithms are going to be be used best. And by the way, it's global, so this is not just on the SAN. This is against you're also the new NAS side. You know, since mm -hmm. we're adding file mm -hmm. into the mix. So now your NAS and SAN data can be deduped against each other, uh, which is which is huge, um, and it's a variable block. So you know the consolidation capabilities just continue to be um, better and better. Yeah, and you know one thing that you know you can have great consolidation, but if you if your data is not available, then what it good is it? All that much, right? Yeah. So so let's move to that one, which which I like, right? I mean everybody throws nines around, and right, what we'll talk about is you know, six nines of uptime or 99.9999% uptime. Um, but really, you know, a couple things, you know, it, it comes down to 
architecturally how we've designed the arrays, but also that, you know, with something like Pier One, we actually get to go measure the arrays that are in production. Um, but talk about those two things. Talk about, I guess, first kind of architecturally, but second, that when we throw nines around, we're not just doing kind of a synthetic lab test. We're actually measuring what's out there. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good point. So when we say six nines, this is not the marketing department coming up with this number. This is using support statistics on what our fleet of arrays in the field are using. So on average, um, all of our arrays in the fleet are, are at ni uh, six nines or better uptime. Um, in fact, many customers um, that have been customers with Pure for a very long time will report zero, zero downtime, you know, and it's, and it's been an incredible, um, you know, experience for them, especially when we consider that does include planned downtime. So if we tell a customer, you know, you need to take the array offline for this many seconds, we'll include that against our, uh, our uptime number to make sure that that's, you know, that's all taken into account. And a, a large part of that is, is based on, you know, our stateless architecture, our stateless controller architecture. And that this is something we started, we started with in 2012, right? We, when, when we're deploying our first systems, these are stateless architectures from the beginning. Now, you'll probably would have heard recently of some of our competition coming to market with, you know, virtualized, container-based, you know. And, and what, what they're trying to do is they're really trying to do what we've always done in, in that our, our controller architecture is not tied to the physical state of those controllers in, in any manner. So that means you can move the state of these controllers, of these storage controllers, from any hardware to any hardware. Something, again, that we've always done. So if you move from, let's say, a, a Flash Array 420, which is the old 2U um, server-based architecture, to, you know, to, to a new X, you know, X70, um, even though it's a different chassis, you, know, you do that non-disruptive upgrade, the network knows no different. Not only was there never data unavailable, but the IP addresses are the same, the, you know, every, the worldwide names are consistent, um, the security team doesn't need to have new, you know, poke new holes in the firewall. Everything is exactly the same, despite you doing these big upgrades. And so when we start talking about uptime, one of the main technologies that really allows us to do that is that stateless architecture, which we're, you know, we're very, very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, wrap up the store one for us. Just kind of summarize, you know, the store piece since we've hit on each one of the, each one of the points we want to get to. Yeah, I, I think what's, you know, what the, you know, the big takeaways here are making sure your, you know, your data is efficiently and securely stored um, and you, and it's always available um, to that last point. And so, you know, providing that baseline of confidence that really the a vendor that you're going to partner with provides that sort of stability um, that you can, you know, essentially eliminate the risk of, uh, of not having your data accessible or not having to plan for outages, um, not have to, you know, worry about um, big, big data bloating. You know, we, we eliminate all of that, make it, make it really, really easy for customers. Awesome. Um, let's, let's hit the, the second that we were going to tackle in this episode, which is safeguard, kind of closely related to a few sure. other things that we were just speaking to, but really we're looking now more at um, you know, kind of taking an active approach, if you will, to, uh, to data, mm -hmm. data protection, right? Adding in some, some other things that hit on business continuity themes and data availability and continuous operations. Um, 
let's sure. let's, uh, let's scroll through these because these are really interesting and really build nicely on uh, on the store piece. But now we're using the term safeguard around these. Um, first, just at, at a base level around. Um, continuous operations, and I think I think in the past sometimes we've you know referred to the arrays and the, and and the the storage software as you know sort of AI driven, right? Mm -hmm. Speak speak to that first as pertains to sort of a high availability architecture. Yeah, and and you'll you'll notice there are some similarities as we go from category to category, and that's and that's exactly what we're trying to do here is you know storing your data. There's a certain uh, there's a certain foundation of, uh, of confidence that you need to have. Then let's build on that. Then what do we do even past what we just discussed? So starting with, you know, continuous operations, um, you know, having at a very basic, no single point of failure um, within any of the physical or um, logical processes that we have, making sure that everything um, is as redundant as possible. That has to be part of safeguarding that data. Um, and then, you know, exactly to your point, you, using built-in machine learning to be able to optimize not only the efficiencies, um, but the way that, you know, the RAID is being laid out and, and the way that, you know, we're protecting against um, a multiple uh, module failures or, or even multiple repository failures at the same time, uh, making it so it's always available. Um, but then even taking it a, a step further, okay, outside of this one one pool of data or this one repository of data, how do we protect that, you know, against, uh, you know, disasters? Mm -hmm. um, how do we, how do we take that to protect us against, um, you know, full site failures or power outages, you know, or, or earthquakes, which I'm in Utah and we had our first earthquakes of our yeah, lives. So I, yeah. I can never get earthquakes out of my head. That's pretty scary uh, for you guys. And we're used to, we're in California here. We grew up with that stuff. I know, I know. It's kind of like a fun, it's a fun ride for a lot of you guys. But for us. Uh, yeah. Until, until it doesn't stop for, for 40 seconds. That's not a good ride. I've lived that one, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, that after that, I mean, all of a sudden we're like, oh crap, I guess we really can have earthquakes in Utah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, everybody kind of has to have that in the top of their head. So, you know, offering a comprehensive, um, you know, business continuity and disaster recovery options so that you can meet whatever type of RPO and RTO goals that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, it, it almost is like a layered approach, right? I mean, it's kind of at the baseline within the array, you've got the stateless nature, mm -hmm. Uh, and the AI driven, you know, machine learning that does certain things. And then, you know, yep. uh, people don't talk about, you know, raid much <laughs> as much anymore. They, they don't. Or, they or don't. Mirroring, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's, that's in there as well. But then you layer on some of these other things, you know, do people really want to do, you know, true synchronous replication, but not do it at a price tag that's, that's challenging or, you know, with, with lots of complexity or even, you know, we talked about in the first episode in the series about the new, you know, the new active DR capabilities that were brought mm -hmm. in. There's really any option for any scenario that people want to take on relative to, you know, again, safeguarding the data that you have. Yeah, and and I, an active cluster, the the synchronous replication you just brought up, we introduced that if you can believe it um, in 2017. Um, so back in 2017, we introduced active cluster to the market, and active cluster was it, it's it not only was but still is very very unique in the in the market in that we're offering a a bidirectional symmetric active active replication product that doesn't require a third site. Um, that doesn't require any additional hardware, doesn't require any additional licenses being purchased. 
um, and we provide um, a virtual third site via the Pier One Cloud. Um, so it's it's very very unique in that case. But you know, w- with any s- synchronous replication capability, like we talked about in our in our first episode, you know, there are there are latency requirements associated. So you know, active cluster, you know, typically around 11 milliseconds round trip time is what you'll want to see uh-huh. uh, in order for, in order to that for that to give you a good um, experience. And so outside of that, we we really have snapshot based replication with asynchronous prior to active DR. And asynchronous replication is great. We are able to offload your snapshots, you know, from flash array C to flash array X or vice versa, you know, from flash array C or flash array X up into cloud block store or vice versa. So give you your the really some really great snapshot portability, um, but then somewhere in between there, you know, for customers that are looking for that active cluster type of RPO or RTO, without um, you know having the arrays be close enough to where that round trip time makes sense, that's where Active DR comes in. So we expect for a lot of our customers, especially you know customers you know in the Americas or, or geographically spread out locations where they have one array and then several hundred or even thousand miles away, they have another one. Active DR is going to really fill that um, gap and be able to provide, you know, very low RPOs, very low RTOs, pre-connected hosts, you know, failover in seconds, and it can be set up in seconds, um, which is, uh, you know, kind of uh, rounds out our entire um, offering on that side. Yeah. Yeah. As we referred to in the first episode, it's got, it's good enough, right? It's, it's, you know, where you don't need that extreme scenario. <laughs> That's right. I mean, not yeah. to imply that it's not good as a, a feature technology on its own, but mm-hmm. um, you know, giving giving again different options depending on the the deployment scenario. Awesome. Well, and anything else on Safeguard that you want to add, or maybe just do a wrap like you did with Store, so people get the theme around that. Yeah, I, I think this. You know, what you kind of you kind of gave us a really a really good conclusion there, and and that's the and that. You know, data availability is one of the several elements in an effective data management strategy. So, you know, just making sure that the data protection is always there, um, it's predictable, and it's something that you can, can you can expect as a as a pure customer to just continue to improve. So, all of our asynchronous replication customers that want to want to enable Active DR, here's the crazy part: they can enable Active DR without having to do another baseline transfer. So, they can just you know kind of convert async over to active dr and so that kind of customer experience making sure that those things are possible is what um, you know customers can t- continue to expect yeah again that intuitive nature and the things that you can do relative to evergreen to um to upgrade seamlessly non-disruptively and, mm-hmm. and take advantage of these uh new features that are in uh, purity six um fantastic stuff we have been rolling for a little while, so while we would be tempted to maybe jump into yeah, you know, let's save those for another episode and mobilize. <laughs> why don't we save those? Do those in a uh, another episode here because these are kind of fun to uh, to navigate through. Um, hey, where where do folks go for more information on uh, on you know the the purity announcement in general? But also if they want to dig in a little bit into store and safeguard and read a little bit more about those. Sure. the The best place to go is actually to the Purity um, webpage within uh, within uh, the product uh, section of the uh, of the website. So go to puresorge.com uh, forward slash product, and then go into Purity, and then you'll be able to see um, all of these and examples and customer stories and and be able to actually test drive this um, too. So all all of that information will be in that page. Yeah. Yeah. And super cool. Yeah. And test drive in general, right? I mean, some of the the 
you know, customer solution center and POC lab capabilities and all remote, which is important right now. That's another way you can go and, and absolutely course, super cool. Of course, go out and uh, and experience these things. Well, uh, thanks, my friend, for uh, coming on and taking us through this really uh, what I think really well thought out and really interesting. You know, kind of peeling back the onion a little bit to to show people what's under the covers and and why we're so. Um, we're so hyped about sharing what we're doing with with our with our agile data services. It's just it's important. It's what it's what makes our product tick, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you again to um, James Gallegos. Always a pleasure to have him on. And thanks to you for listening to the Pure Report podcast for telling a friend and sharing with colleagues. Keep sending in your topic requests, and we will keep bringing you out great speakers like James. And with that, we will wrap. For Pure Storage and James Gallegos, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you.